So real quick, before we dive into the show, I wanted to share that I'm working on my social media presence by focusing on Instagram and LinkedIn. Definitely still learning the LinkedIn game, but it's actually a lot more enjoyable and I can say it's pretty fun. But I can tell you what I love the most is connecting and learning from other like-minded professionals. So if we aren't connected on either platform, I would love to learn more about you and connect together. Go ahead, shoot me a DM, follow me, tag me, let's connect. Let's have some fun elevating our health while we are building our wealth. Welcome to the business of being healthy where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Being Healthy. And today's episode is going to be one of those special ones I can already tell uh, because of my very exciting guest that I have, Dr. Megan Daly. Um, I have been following her, and if you're not, I'll make sure to link it in the show notes, but I highly recommend that you do. This one is very near and dear to my heart because of her message. So Dr. Daly is a trauma and somatic-informed doctor of physical therapy, educator, and highly sought-after coach and mentor with a strong passion for helping other healthcare providers and women and in male-dominated industries right? I've been there. I know some of my listeners have been too. Those industries like finance and engineering, healthcare, to set better boundaries and create their dream career in life. She's also a published author of a journal perfectly designed to help you break out of the expectations of others and come home to yourself. I love that. Come home to yourself. So Dr. Daly, welcome to the show. I am so thrilled to have you here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's dive into this a little bit because you have such a unique background um, as a weightlifting competitor, um, just all of your education, where you came to be right now, finding your zone of genius. Maybe let's start by, because I love anyone that has that like athletic you know, athlete, competitor background, there's so much that we pull from that that we use daily in our careers, right? Like once we kind Mm -hmm. of move out of that athlete or into a different, let's say different format as an athlete, um, how did you get into weightlifting and the competition and all of that? So weightlifting, actually, it's the same answer for how I got into being a physical therapist. So I was a competitive soccer player growing up and sustained multiple knee injuries. Um, Specifically, we don't need to dive into like what osteochondritis desiccans is, but basically starting in like third grade, I had a condition that would tear my cartilage apart in my knee. That's the short version of it. Um, So it required multiple surgeries. And... So with that, interestingly enough, like, cause that was what in the nineties when I had my first surgery. So the message then was you can't 
squat heavy. You can't have your knees go past your toes. You can't run. There's all these things you can't do if you want to be a functioning human. Like, like I was told that I wouldn't walk past the age of 30. Um, thankfully, stubborn kid. And my parents, I went to a physical therapist, but then I actually got sent to a trainer afterwards to help me get back into sports. And that trainer basically like was like, I don't care what the doctor says, like you're lifting uh, because stronger joints equals like healthier joints, which now like that is something that I wholeheartedly believe in. Like I'm a fitness forward provider um, because the more muscle support your joints have, the less, honestly, the less it matters. Like you can have all kinds of diagnoses. Like I don't care if you have osteoarthritis, honestly, like I know that sounds harsh, but if your muscles are strong, you won't feel it. And if you don't feel it, why you don't care. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's what got me into physical therapy, but it's also what started me on the weightlifting path. And then anyone who was a competitive athlete growing up and then got into like adulthood and life got in the way. And like, you don't like, yeah, there's some adult leagues, but quite frankly, the soccer leagues here don't start till like nine 30 at night. And I can't handle that. I, I like my sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got into CrossFit and then through CrossFit got into weightlifting. I love this. And, and how many times, right. And this is what I, I just love sharing, like all of the the wisdom from all the experts on the show is because it's like, we all kind of have those stories. Right. And it's like, someone told you, you couldn't. Right. And you had someone along the way that, that first physical therapist that was like, I don't care. You're lifting, you're doing it. That mm-hmm. had to be a pivotal, like a pivotal point in your life that really kind of change the trajectory of everything that you were being told. I mean, how often are we sitting there and like being slammed down? No, you can't do that. You can't say it that way. You can't wear that. You can't dress that. Mm-hmm. You can't take that career. You can't do that. Right. How, have you been able to take that to other parts of, of your career? Yeah, I, I definitely think, I mean, it helps that it's part of my personality too. Cause even when the doctors first told me it, I kind of like bucked up and was like, um, okay, that's not an option. So I'm going to go figure it out. Um, and this was like, I mean, I was a fifth grader, uh, like it started with me convincing both the surgeon and my mom. I was like, okay, cool. Like you won't let me play hardcore sports, but like, I'm still doing soccer. Like I came with research on like the ground soft enough. Like it won't bother my knees. Like basically talked my way into still being able to be active because I was just a stubborn kid that was like, I'm not accepting this. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something that adults could pull from that because like you said, after years and years and years of hearing, you can't, you don't. And like having stipulations put on you at some point, I do think we, we start to listen whether or not we mean to, Mm -hmm. it starts to kind of build this resistance versus as a kid, like watch a kid get told no, like they retaliate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's in a healthy way. Sometimes not like we don't need to go into that, but I think there's something to be learned from that of like, Hey, if something doesn't feel right, like stand up for yourself. And like, I'll just take a quick sidebar as far as the medical system, like doctors are not infallible. They really are not. They didn't Mm -hmm. typically mean well, but there's certain things like I'll use the example of like how often everyone thinks back pain. They think they need an MRI. The physician's guidelines actually say to not image back pain unless there's are actual traumatic red flags present. Like there are certain things that are in place that require imaging. And I'm saying back pain, but it's actually for everywhere in the body. Yet insurance and big pharma have kind of pushed the like bigger money things. And Mm -hmm. so you still get imaging anyways, without getting too far down a big rabbit hole, like stand up for yourself. Your doctor 
like, you know, your body better than anyone. I don't care how much, how much expertise the physician in front of you has or the medical provider. My, one of my mentors says the, has a quote that I absolutely love. And it's never underestimate the power of the medical system to make you worse. That, that I, I mean, I could share on that one as well. Yes. <laughs> I I love that. And we're going to get into this, like being that self-advocate for yourself. I mean, we've already yep. like, here we are, we've like a few minutes in and we're like diving in, but I love that you just took that sidebar because there, it is so Im- important to advocate for yourself when it comes to your health, when it comes to your career. I, I mean, you have to. Pretty and- much everything. Yeah everything, right? In a relationship, you have to advocate for yourself. So let's just dive in there. Why I was going to take us somewhere else, but let's just dive in because <laughs> I think that being like you are, are, you see both sides, right? You were the patient and now you're the practitioner. And that's the thing is that this is something that I've always talked about. I spent 18 years within the medical industry on a different side, sales and marketing. But some of, you know, I call them my colleagues, these, these medical providers is seeing them even, there are some that are my dear friends that like when insurance doesn't let them treat a certain way, like you see it on their face. Right. Like they just, they're like, I know what I need to do, but like, I can't because of this. And so I have to play by these rules and do all these failures and all these treatments before we can get to what I want. Um, as, uh, you know, a physical therapist, how, how do you, how do you balance that? Like, so admittedly it's why I went cash and, um, and it's getting even tougher because more and more providers are starting to go cash-based or out of network to try to avoid that, which I say unfortunate because it does put a little bit more of like privilege on the patient side that's required in order to access the healthcare, which is unfortunate. Like if you have government access, like, I'm sorry, you're probably not seeing a cash provider. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I had someone the other day, I'm in Phoenix and I had someone reach out being like, Hey, I really do need to use insurance. Like, who do you know? And I'm like, I'm going to have to do some research because I honestly, like, I don't have an answer for you. Everyone who's worth a damn that I know has moved cash. Um, and it's part of why I've actually been moving into like more of the coaching and the mentor space. And I'm really not treating that much anymore because I really want to prioritize. Like if I can help one provider figure out how to hold better boundaries and how to try to like manipulate, it's not quite the right word, but like, if they're not the leader at their clinic, figure out ways to get things in place so that they can better treat their patients. And if I can make that happen, then I can help every single patient that they ever touch. That's incredible. Okay. So let's say, I want to talk a little bit about those boundaries because I I feel like sometimes, and, and again, like we might be speaking right to a medical provider, right? That was the example you were just giving, but this is even in business. This is even in your Mm -hmm. home. This is, this is with colleagues or friends or peers is setting those boundaries. And I know that you are very passionate about this topic and how do you go about someone that is maybe a little bit fearful of setting boundaries, maybe like fearful, like I might lose that relationship or I might make someone mad or I might, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you help them kind of create those boundaries? Yeah. So I actually offer both a a self-paced course and then a group coaching course that really dives into this. And the entire first module that we do is completely on mindset because you 
really do have to be okay with disappointing others. Mm. There's a quote from, I believe it's Glennon Doyle. And I can't remember the exact quote, but it's essentially like, if you have a choice between disappointing someone else and disappointing yourself, always choose disappointing someone else. And that's, that's kind of the gist of like what I dive into when we're going over the mindset and the emotional resilience you need to have in order to hold boundaries, because you need to be okay with the fact that not everyone's going to like you. You could do everything quote unquote, right. And you're still going to have people come at you and make excuses and try to beat you down. So like, why not take care of yourself first? And then the right people will show up. Like you're going to have naysayers no matter what. So it's better for you to just get comfortable with knowing that the right people are going to stick around if you hold the boundaries that you need. Because at the end of the day, so like why I say boundaries is the biggest thing for those healthcare providers or really for anyone in any aspect is because if you aren't holding boundaries, you are leaking energy constantly throughout your day. Mm -hmm. And if you are not your best self, you cannot help others to the level that you want. I promise. It will not work. Literally, I just want to like, if you are not helping yourself, you cannot help others to the best. If you're not taking care of yourself, like I literally shout that. I mean, I I think like mm-hmm. what you just said there, if anyone could take anything away from this episode right now, it would be that. And so when you see someone start doing that, because there are still, I know it's hard. It is so mm-hmm. hard, right? Like I love that you have the course that I'm sure takes everybody absolutely step by step right through it. But maybe you could even like share like what does it look like? Like what do you mm-hmm. see from these healthcare providers or business owners because essentially they're business owners? What do you mm-hmm. see from them once they set the boundaries? Like maybe help kind of illustrate yeah. that to somebody. Yeah, it's interesting because the the first time I like marketed the course, I talked I like named it Break Up with Burnout. It was all about avoiding burnout. And what's been interesting is like everyone who's gone through the course and has learned how to hold boundaries has secondarily been able to avoid burnout. But what they're like saying, like the feedback that I've been getting constantly from everyone that I've worked with is I have more energy. I enjoy my life a lot more. Like I actually, like I, I'm passionate about my career again, but on top of that, I now can actually have the energy to go and do the things that I want to do for fun. Like I can take that dance class. I can spend time with my family. I can play with my kids and not just be worrying about X, Y, and Z that I have to get done. Like there's all of these shifts and then also just better connections. That's probably one of the bigger things too, is feeling more connected to the community that they want to be a part of and having the right people around them. Because when you hold boundaries there is a different level of energy about you and you attract the right people and you start to recognize where you're having, like I said, there's energy leaks, but you'll start to realize if there's anyone around you who's contributing to those energy leaks. Mm. And now admittedly, that is one of the hardest parts of it is because there are going to be people that you care about that are kind of going to have to go. And, and uh, like, I will speak on this. I actually had to cut that tie with my father. So like you, it's setting those boundaries, like, because it is an energy leak. I remember just blatantly, like how drained it was even like going and just like knowing that was going to be in proximity. We, I had to cut it and it was so freeing, but it did bring the right people into my life, you know? And Mm -hmm. so that's why I think it, 
it is so hard and I still struggle with it. It's not like it's just like, oh, yay, it's one and done and here we go. Like (laughs) I 100% agree with you that that is incredibly hard to do. But once you do it and survive it, holy cow. I think that's the biggest thing because you were asking like, what does it look like and what does it take? It is the reps. It gets, it's still not easy, but it gets easier. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like so great to be like, I mean, I think that's like anything when it, when it comes to building a business, getting healthy, taking those, it's like taking the reps, right? Mm -hmm. Not expecting the results instantly. It's like, let me just go take a few more reps. Okay. Today, another few reps and it gets more and more comfortable or Mm -hmm. I guess like, uh, you expect it, right? Like once you take the reps, then you're like, okay, I expect to feel better. And then you start feeling better. Right. And it's the idea of like, you're more mentally prepared for when it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of like getting comfortable with hearing no from other people. Like if you're trying to like launch something like, like whatever it is. And it's the idea of if you're holding boundaries and you have people fight against you, the more that happens and the more you're able to work through it and be okay with it, the easier or like the, the more comfortable your system is like, it's not as unnerving to your system, which is inevitably going to be better for your overall health and well-being because emotional like nervous system regulation comes into play there. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, growth is always a a big topic, right? Like personal growth, professional growth. Mm -hmm. And I I know, I believe I saw a post um, on your Instagram. Again, I will link it below because you have to follow um, about that kind of like resetting your nervous system. Mm -hmm. Right. How do you help someone or like what advice would you give maybe one or two things to maybe recognize and like take that movement towards like, okay, wow, maybe my nervous system is out of whack. Here's maybe one Mm -hmm. thing I could do. Yeah. So admittedly, one of the hardest things early on is just the recognition. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time that I sat down with a somatic experiencing practitioner years ago. And they busted out, they had this chart in front of me and had a green, yellow, and a red stoplight. And it explained like, okay, red is when you're in like full fight or flight mode, like can't control it. Yellow is when you feel this like kind of like if you start really tapping into your body, you feel this kind of buzzing sensation. You never really feel like the walls are completely down. And then green is walls are completely down. You feel hundred percent safe. And it was this realization of like, oh, fuck, I have never felt safe yeah. except for like, I can count on one hand, maybe a couple people, but it's not that often. Mm-hmm. And so starting to just like the best way to kind of recognize that I would say is just to start. It doesn't have to be meditation because I will be the first person to say that I am terrible at meditating. And even you would think I'm really good at it with like what I do. I'm not, I don't sit still well. I do like walking meditations. I will do breath work. I do like sound healing. There's a lot of other things like whatever you feel called to to work on learning how to tap into your body because that I think is the kind of necessary first step to to be able to recognize how your nervous system feels. Mm -hmm. I would say if you haven't done that, then like, do you feel like there's always walls up? That would be like the other, like the really quick, like if you feel like there are always walls up and you can't bring them down fully, then then we need some work. Your nervous system is not regulated. There is something that it's guarding against. 
I love that. Just that like guarded feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And and we can walk into rooms. I mean, I remember, and especially like you work with females in male dominated industries, right? And being that I've been there before, and I know my listeners have too, is like you walk into that room and immediately you're like, like the walls are up. I'm going to like, maybe keep this a little bit more superficial, make sure super professional. Don't say this. I'm wearing this, like all those things coming up. It's actually a trauma response that it's called fawning when you just like, if someone starts talking to you and you immediately go into that, like, oh my gosh, hi. Yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Like that is fawning. Mm. Um, Explain that a little bit more if you would. Yeah. So the best way that I have is if you start immediately, like, you know, when you start talking to someone and you can hear like people pleasing is the best way that I can think of it, but it really is this like socially acceptable, um, demeanor and this overly like calming and, um, optimistic, not Mm -hmm. saying that like, you can't be an optimistic person, like, but if you immediately like, yes, hi, how are you? Yep. I'm fine. And that's an automatic to where you're like, there's kind of like a voice in the back of your head being like, wait, where is this coming from? Like, Mm -hmm. like where it almost feels out of body a little Mm -hmm. bit or just on autopilot that is fawning. So everyone hears about fight or flight, but there's actually freeze and fawn and freeze. And when freeze is sometimes considered a little bit more like severe, like, like almost paralyzed, but it can actually be the, so if I scan a room or if I'm talking to someone and I see a very quick, like, like blank stare for a second. And then they immediately go into that fawning. It's that's my like sign that they have a little bit of a trauma response going on it. Typically like that's the more subtle version of freezing. Wow. So the other thing that I will say, going back to like how to recognize it, I do feel like the high achieving females, if you are a female who is always go, 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 and you don't do really well with slowing down, there's probably something there. I have yet to meet someone who doesn't have some kind of work to do on nervous system regulation because that's your nervous system's MO at this point. At somewhere along the line, it learned that achievement and productivity was safe. Mm. I'm like, I'm just letting that marinate with our listeners right now because I feel like, I mean, that definitely hits a chord with me, but as high achievers, like that achievement is like what we need, right? That's Mm -hmm. our worth. That's our value. And so like letting that marinate for a second, because it's something that I know I've been working through this year, specifically 2023 is off to a bang. Um, (laughs) but I just think that it's that recognition part because we don't slow down enough to Mm -hmm. either acknowledge or recognize to then even seek help. Right. Or, and it doesn't always mean like we have to go to somebody. Maybe first it's reading a book. Maybe it's listening Mm -hmm. to some different podcasts, like personally, like, you know, by yourself, it's not always like raising your hand. Cause that's something that's really hard to do too, as a high achiever is like raise our hand and ask for help. Mm -hmm. So when, when you are, um, so we just talked about, let's actually go here. So we just talked about kind of like recognizing it is such a key component. Mm -hmm. And when someone wants to actually take action to start regulating their nervous system, what is maybe one thing that they could do to get started? So I do want to quickly say, because you said something that kind of triggered this, another Mm -hmm. way to recognize 
is if every single time you actually take a day off, you get sick. Oh, wow. That is a sign that you, your nervous system needs you to rest. Um, so there's a couple different things that I, I like have as my go-tos because they don't, because like you said, it's, it's sometimes really hard to like raise your hand and ask for help. And you can't really just, most people can't go from zero to a hundred and like really jump into the deep end and start doing the deep work, like right off the bat. Some people can, but it's scary as hell. Are you kidding me? Like that's it scary. Is. Yeah. Yep. So there are a couple different things that I like using is like, I use them as like quick resets too, mm-hmm. but they feel a little bit more comfortable. Okay. Um, so full body shaking is one. So like as a, I, I tell the people that I work with who are still in clinic to like find an empty exam room or like run to the bathroom real quick in between patients and do a full body shakeout. The other one is tightening every muscle in your body and holding your breath for a couple seconds and then fully relaxing everything. Wow. So those are two like really, really quick resets. Um, The other things, and you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, like get out of your normal routine, allow creativity and space in. Because if you don't do that, your nervous system isn't going to even open the door to that. Hmm. But by, if you just like, whether it's 10 minutes a day or a weekend, I actually recommend doing like little bits throughout your week, whether it's every day or blocking sometimes throughout the week to try to stay on top of it so that you aren't needing like a week vacation and then a vacation from your vacation. Um, so whether it's maybe it's taking a 10 minute walk outside and not listening to anything, like allowing mm-hmm. silence mm-hmm. and just being okay with being with your own thoughts. And the other part, this is really tough to do. So I'll, I will preface this with like, I recognize how hard this is, but rather than actually listening to the little voice in your head, list almost like you're like a bystander, like this little voice is going off in your head. Cause if you start paying attention, it's always there and just being curious about it, like not taking it seriously, but just being like, huh, that's interesting. All right, cool. Mm. That helps a lot just so that you don't allow whatever stories in your head. Like, cause we can, our heads are not exactly the friendliest place to be. No, they are not. (laughs) No, they are not. And I love that. I love that you offered kind of like two different perspectives, right? Like that physical movement, which I know Mm -hmm. is, is so important for you, right? Like that physical movement. So the, the quick shakeout or the tense and release, I love that. But what I also love that you talked about are like little bits of time, because I feel like as high achievers, right? You want me to do what? And how long is it going to take? Oh, and I have to eat. Oh, and I have to work out. Oh, and I have to go be a mom. Like, how am I going to do this in my schedule? Like we already, that little voice is sitting there telling us we can't do it. We don't have the Mm -hmm. time, right? But when you think about it, it's not big lengths of time. You were like 10 minutes, go for a five minute walk. Go literally shake out. That's 30 seconds. Like these are Mm -hmm. little bits of time that we need to be okay giving that to ourselves. Like that mm-hmm. is for us, but it's also makes us better for the other person that we're going to interact with, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a client, whether whoever you, whatever Absolutely. you're doing, like you, you go set yourself up and take care of yourself for a second. Think about how much more present you could be in that conversation mm-hmm. you're about to have. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a reason they tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first. <laughs> 
which has probably hit you recently more than other <laughs> more than others. Just okay. a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't. Okay, we're gonna move on, but you can follow, see her. I'm gonna teach to everyone, come back to um her Instagram and <laughs> you'll see look at my Instagram. You will see exactly <laughs> what she is talking about. Okay, so let's move on here because I want to talk a little bit uh, about two things, but one is is how oh is how your career went from like private practice, right? To then Mm -hmm. cash pay to then now you're doing coaching. It's kind of the evolution, right? Of like Mm -hmm. your business. How did you recognize? Because I think that can create like a, even a traumatic event in its own, right? That's like, Mm -hmm. you went to school for this, right? You've built a practice doing this and now you're like, okay, now I want to actually coach and speak and do other things. Yep. That is that. And what's funny before you answer this question, cause I want to get in there. We've said, um, and I know everyone listening in, we've said like all the things that we've talked about is it's hard, right? And just because it's hard doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Right. Exactly. And typically the hardest things it's what we've created in our mind that we think it's hard, but actually when you do it, it's not that hard, but we Mm -hmm. keep, we, we want, so making those changes in your career, it was hard, I'm sure, but I'd love for you to kind of share like how you were able to recognize those changes in your career, because that's something that I know I went through. I was like, Oh, I went to school for this. I spent 18 years doing this. I can't leave this. What a loser. If I change, like all these different things and like watching you do it. So I love for you to share kind of your mentality going through Mm -hmm. all of that to where you are now and and maybe even where you see it evolving to the future. Yep. So I was a corporate clinician for, I think seven years. Um, Yeah. Seven years. And it really, I almost didn't actually recognize that I was unhappy. So the catalyst there was um, my dad was given three to six months to live. I went and was his caregiver, um, was with him when he died, and then stayed and helped out my mother for an extra three months before coming back to Arizona and getting back to work. And when I came back, I very quickly, it was like that just shifted everything. It was like a hard shift into a very clear perspective of how the corporate healthcare system is, is not okay. And it does not align with my values anymore to the point where I very quickly could not ignore it. And it's one of the things that I I talk with my clients and like the clinicians that I work with on a ton of like, if where you're at, if that company, that structure, whatever entity you're with does not align with your values, you need out. And I, I did, I quickly like looked around at other places to see if there was a company that aligned with my values. And realistically, I very quickly realized, like we talked about insurance, anything that involved insurance was not going to align with my values. So then the transition from corporate clinician into owning a practice wasn't easy by any means. Anyone who's like gone into entrepreneurship knows it's so much harder than you think it's going to be, no matter what kind of research you've done. But what would have been harder was staying in somewhere that wasn't a good fit. So that's where like, yes, these things, like everything that I've done is hard, but especially like we talked about earlier, the reps, the more reps you get in with something like this, the more you can recognize like, okay, I almost don't care how hard that is because what's harder is staying where I currently am. Mm. 
Gosh. Amen. And to there's, that. yeah, there's, um, I cannot remember for the life of me where I heard this first. Cause there's been a couple different sources that I've heard this concept from, but it's like, okay, write out what your worst case scenario is. And honestly, most people, if you start thinking about what's your worst case scenario, if you like jump shift into something else, it's going to be very similar to where you're at right now, which makes you realize that like you're literally living your worst case scenario. So why not? Mm, I love that. I love that. And it, we, we, we always, and that's like natural human tendency, right? It's kind of like the what ifs, like what mm-hmm. if I don't move? What happens? Oh, what if? Our what brains if? are wired to keep us safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so like, God bless them. Like I highly appreciate how my brain works and how that like subconscious, like all those like what if statements do because they protected me for a very, very long time. But right now in this moment, it does not serve me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the harder one admittedly was jumping ship from being a clinician. So now I do still see some patients, but I have given myself a hard stop within six months. I will shut down my clinic. That's my hard stop to kind of force myself to actually really push everything else a little bit faster than is comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, but initially when I started launching all the coaching programs, I did, I went through a lot of work to be okay with like, but I have a doctorate, but I spent how much on school, but this is my identity. Like I actually had thought I had kind of like dropped that and being able to actually making a switch from being labeled as a clinician to something else brought that all back up to the surface really fast. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, that, that involved like actual therapy. I love my therapist, um, breath work, like a lot of different healing modalities, both in more the traditional like therapy pathway. And then like what I call like woo woo realm where it's like sound healing, like, Mm -hmm. um, to really dive deep and let go of that as an identity and be able to step into what feels truly more aligned for me. And one of the things that helped was like all my background, all that education, my titles, that money I spent on school, that served me. It's not like I'm saying it was for nothing because that is what sets me apart from the other coaches. Mm. That experience, right? That knowledge Mm -hmm. that you're able to share. And I mean, I'm sitting here, like I'm biting my tongue, not trying to like, I want to like high five you through zoom because like (laughs) that, that loss of identity, that's what I've been going through right now personally. And it's, it's been um, very eye-opening. And my husband said something to me that I just want to share in here because I want to do a solo episode on it. But it was like, what was my shield growing up has become my anchor as an adult. And it's weighing me down. And it was like, oh, like talk about like straight to the Mm -hmm. heart. But I've been, I've been like toying with this and I'm like, all right, like I know it's not health. Like I know, and I, I couldn't see it. And as soon as he said that, I was like, I need to cut this anchor. Like, this is the Mm -hmm. anchor that I need to cut. And then like, and it, and that identity and that ego and the, like, I feel like that, that ego has been one of the biggest shifts for me. And, and especially a lot of people that are in these, or I should say women in these more male dominated careers, even men, right? Like they're jockeying too, like who's mm-hmm. going to be the best. And I think that ego is one of those things that, man, it kind of gets you sometimes mm-hmm. and gets you in trouble more often. So yep. 
now that you're like in the coaching and you have all this experience to get you to like where, like to where you are now, when you have those like moments that maybe come up where you're like, did I make the right choice? Did I do this? Should I not? Should I, should I go back? How do you move through that? Yeah. So there's a couple different things, but the biggest one is honestly visualization of, um, and there's, whether you like visualization or whether you like journaling, I'll actually talk through, you could kind of, it's the same prompt for either one. It's what does life look like in the next couple of years if you keep doing what you're doing right now? And then, okay. Like, so for me, like when I was first doing it, that was like being a clinician. What does that look like? And then, all right, if I was no longer able to do that, what would my next choice be? And what would life look like? And then the third one is like, if I could do anything, I had all the resources in the world, all the time in the world, what is it that what I what I would really love to do? And that I think is the one that's interesting to try, try to see of like, okay, which one of these actually feels good in my body? Like which one, like you'll know, like you don't need to do a ton of deep work to like have this almost gut feeling of like, ooh, that's that feels more aligned. Now that might quickly be followed by a fear response, very much so, of like with 5,000 excuses as to why it can't be a thing. But what I have found is once you kind of have that initial like, ooh, that's the thing, if you don't start moving in that direction, you are slowly going to die a little bit inside and your body will let you know. Now, whether you choose to listen is a different story, but like you will know. Mm, it's so true. It is It is true. And um, I actually heard uh, Jamie Kern Lima who, you know, created in mm-hmm. cosmetics and, and absolutely uh, amazing. Her story is one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Um, highly recommend her book as well. But like she asked that she was in an event and asked the question, like, what if you do similar to you? Like, what if you do nothing? Right. What will one year look like right now? And I was like, Oh golly. Okay. Yep. And then it was like, okay, five years from now. And I, that the five-year one, I was like, <gasps> like it, it yep. got me because I was like, I, I can't be doing this in five years. Like I, I, mm-hmm. this isn't me. And I know I have all this education and all of this, but I cannot be doing this anymore. Right. Yep. And so I think we kind of need those, like, take your breath away moments to like create that change and almost see and put yourself to where you want to be. And I know that yep. that's one of your zones of genius, right? In in how you coach and help people right now. Maybe if you could just kind of like take us through like that process, because it's like where your problems are right now, where you want to go and how you want to get there. And I know yeah. that your, your peers had created uh, or said something to you that I think is so fitting. So let's just talk about that really quick. Kind of kind of how you've created this zone of genius because I think your experience has has proven that you've been able to take this method throughout. Yeah, so I'll actually just read. So yes, one of my dear friends, um if you haven't done this, I highly recommend doing this. Shoot out a message to like the people closest to you and ask them like what there's two questions pick which one resonates better. One would just be like, Hey, what are three things I really excel at? Like, what are, what am I great at? Mm -hmm. The one that I actually did was, Hey, if you, if what problem, what thing would my name immediately come to your mind that could be like the solution or the person to help with? 
And this person came back and was like, you, well, one person actually came back and said, like, you're the best resource dealer I know, which is essentially what this other person also said. So it was like, you're good, great at helping people identify an area of their life they've been neglecting, whether consciously or unconsciously, whether that be health, mind, fun, focus, whatever, and then giving them an actual action step to go start addressing it. And I don't even know if I can necessarily like break down how I do that. Like that's where we, we, you and I talked about it before we actually hit record of like, we're so close to the source that you almost need an external person to kind of like shine a light on what you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have certain exercises that I will take people through, particularly if they don't know where they want to be, which happens a lot. And I do think that goes back to, um, the whole like ego thing of you can start to recognize that where you're currently at isn't it, Mm -hmm. but you might be blocking yourself from seeing where you actually want to go. And it's generally an ego or a fear thing. Um, Because somewhere in your subconscious, you know, and it's just unlocking it. So, and so there's a couple different exercises that I use, whether it's one is structuring out your perfect day and getting really specific with it. And one of them is really diving deep into like, what are your interests? So it's kind of along the lines of that last one where it's like, if you were to list out 40 different things that if you had all the time in the world, you would be pumped to read up on, listen to, learn about. By the way, 40 is hard. Like by 15 or so, like it'll be easy up until then. And then it'll get really hard to get specific. And then you start to look for the patterns. And a lot of times it can become really apparent that you aren't like where you're at currently doesn't fit with what actually interests you, which is, which is a red flag. Um, but that helps start to guide of like, okay, what do you need incorporated into your life for you to actually feel joy on a daily basis? Cause that's really, that's the goal, right? Like, I don't know anyone who's like, nah, I'm good. I don't need joy in my life. Like <laughs> we got um, other problems if that's the response. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. So that helps figure out, okay, where do you want to go? Like, what do you want life to actually look like? versus where you're at now. And it's probably not going to be something that you can immediately jump to. So then it's just figuring out what are like where your priorities are, what's possible in the moment. So something else that I really love thinking about is yes and. I think there are a couple different people that use some version of this, but like because a lot of times people will be like, all right, this is where I want to go, but and then have like, I don't have time, I don't have money, like whatever the but is switch that to and, and it at least opens up your brain to the possibility of change. Mm. So I want to go on a trip and I don't have money right now. Okay. Like we don't need to go to Tahiti. Like how about a day trip to Sedona? Like there's various ways. I mean, I know that's kind of like an easy example, but it's just the little mindset shifts, which is the very, very beginning of how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. And then there are going to be certain things, but like having someone else to kind of look at like, okay, this is Island A, this is Island B, the vehicle to get you there, at least to get you part of the way there for now is going to be, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a course, whether it's putting in your two weeks notice and like, there's so many different things that it could be, but it really is helpful to have someone else help you along that journey. They're not making decisions for you. So like my job is a guide. I am a guide to help the people that I work with be able to take the action steps and keep putting one foot in front of the other and get out of their own damn way. 
Because like we said, our minds are not exactly kind to ourselves. So one, you're going to talk yourself out of it and come up with 5,000 excuses. Two, you're going to, if you do actually, like if you can look at that island B and get excited about it, which is it's admittedly tough because again, the excuses are going to pop up. You're probably going to see 10 different things of like, oh, but I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this. And it can be really hard to see, okay, what's the number one priority now? Like what's the first step that we need to take and then not worry about the rest? Because if you go in too many different directions at once, you're actually not going to make forward progress. Is, and I part mean, of why I'm so damn good at this is because I've fought that for so long. That's what was going to be my question. I was like, how do yeah. you recognize that? is because personal experience, right? Like mm-hmm. I I think um I was on another podcast recently and we were just talking about how like we could feel so good. Like we got so much done, but we didn't get the right things done to actually yep. move the needle. And that's something that I think as high achievers, right? We love that like checking off the list. We love that achievement of like working down the things, but it's like are you working on the right things? And sometimes we can't see it. To your point exactly, mm-hmm. we need that outside source. And that's why, I mean, the billionaires of the world, the multimillionaires of the world, the biggest businesses that we don't even know about, right? They have mentors and they have mm-hmm. someone else helping them. We're no different. And I think that the the moment that we can raise our hand and say, I need help because I want to get here, I think mm-hmm. that is so powerful. And it doesn't always have to be, I love your your island A versus island B, right? It doesn't always have to be like that career is island B. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just that person, right? Like yep. who you want to become is on island B. What is that person yes. hold that you don't have right now? Maybe that's confidence. Maybe that's knowledge. Maybe that's a certain new skill right? It's not necessarily always just careers. I know that we've been talking a lot about careers and career changes, but it could just be that new evolution of you, right? Like it could be Shelly 2.0 is on Island B. And I would argue that it's guaranteed to be who? Mm -hmm. Like it could be the career, but you're not going to change the career and become like have the life that you want if you don't change who you are in the process and grow. And that's going back. I cannot remember. There was something we talked about earlier as far as like, oh, it was with me making my career changes. Like there was a part of me, like I had to lose who I was in that moment in order to go forward for the next thing, which no one talks about the fact that there is a grief process with that. Like you were losing who you were and who you had previously thought you were going to be. But you need to do that in order to grow and evolve into the person that you were actually meant to be. It's so true. It's so true. It's like that shield to the anchor, right? The anchor yep. we got to, I, it's just like so clear. And I, and I think, especially with, you know, I know that your services and who you are, are serving right now is not just like medical providers. I know that that was near and dear to your heart because you lived it. Right. And you understand yes. the system, but now like this process is not just for them. It's for, for everybody. And like, everyone has that opportunity. And I know that that's something that you're really passionate about is the fact that, you know, everyone deserves to live that life of their dream. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see someone, I don't know, you've probably had this because I feel like sometimes we get so, it's like, it's, we get so scared. And then we talk ourselves out of not making the call or sending the DM, Mm -hmm. right. To be like, Hey, I really like what you're saying. Help me. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And you've probably gotten DMs over the past or emails or text messages or seen people at events or what have you that are like, yes, sign me up. What do you think is like the one thing that prevents them from taking the leap? One or two things. So the first thing that comes to mind is belief in themselves. Um, belief that they actually can do it, I think is a, a giant thing. And that's, it's actually part of why I created the journal that I have too, because then you don't actually have to like reach out and admit it to another human. Mm. You can just have a thing that you work through. Um, and then I, I honestly think the other big one is the ego, like those fear voices of, oh, I really want this, but like whatever's coming after the, but, and that's because it's going to vary so much for every person. So I don't really have a great, like one-stop answer for that, mm-hmm. but it's whatever comes after the first, but in your head. Yep. Yep. I love that. I love that. And it, it's just, um, I wanted to bring up that question because we all talk about like, go do it, go do it, go do it. But like, like what's the inversion of that is like not doing it. Right. So what it's comes a fear by of us the not unknown. doing it? Mm-hmm. Fear Absolutely. of the unknown is 100%. Again, our brains are wired to keep us comfortable and safe. Unknown is not comfortable and safe. So it no. is going to fight you on it. And yeah. that's, that goes back, like circling back to like getting the reps in. It's why there's some really cool research on just getting comfortable being uncomfortable and utilizing like cold plungers or saunas or something like that that's uncomfortable. And the more you do it, the more you are willing to jump into uncomfortable situations like walking up to the new person and saying hi or reaching out for help. Like those things, like there's really cool research on that. I'm pretty sure there's a human Huberman Lab podcast on that. In fact, oh, he's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm sure. And just like, there's even like different people that have like lived it, right? Like Andy Fasella with 75 Hard. Mm-hmm. He created that program to make you uncomfortable. Um, I've never done it, but like I understand <laughs> Same, I the, the the theory behind it, right? And mm-hmm. um, I was just listening to to something this morning that talked about like we don't want to make change when it's comfortable, especially when it comes to our health, right? Like we're comfortable where things are good, blah, blah, blah. And then you keep moving and then all of a sudden it's uncomfortable or it's bad. Mm -hmm. That's when the change happens. But actually when it's comfortable is when you need to make the change. That's actually when the change needs to happen. Yes. So that's where I would say if you feel, so I love the word nerve sighted. It's totally not actually a word. I made it up, but Uh, if you are really nervous and feeling a lot of resistance and feeling a lot of discomfort, but also excited about the possibility, that is my guaranteed sign that that is something I need to lean into and I need to lean into it hard. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. And like, again, it's like when we have these feelings, sometimes we feel like we don't want to tell anybody about them and we don't have to. Lean into it on your own right? Mm -hmm. Do the research on your own, like uncover, like, do you keep getting more excited? Are you going down the rabbit hole to learn more? That's a Mm -hmm. pretty big like flag of like, Hey, you're excited. Keep diving in. Yeah. And like you were talking about before we hit record about the, 
that book that you are reading now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've all had those situations where like one thing keeps popping up in front of us for when it seems super random. It's not random. I promise. Like <laughs> that is a sign that you were supposed to lean into it. Yep. Yep. If a book comes across my desk like three times or in my vision three times, I'm mm-hmm. like done. It w- This time it was two. I was like reading it, doing it right now. Yep. I'll share more on that on another episode. But <laughs> as we kind of kind of close up here, because I know one thing that's really important to you is, and, and you call it movement is medicine. Mm-hmm. Can you share like what you mean by that? Because I know like sitting in front of a laptop or a computer or whatever is not movement. Right. Like, yeah. Yep. Explain a little bit more, would you? Yeah. So there's so many things about this. Um, and I've done a bunch of different podcasts on it where movement is the catalyst for so much growth. It is the catalyst for mental health. It's like, we all think of it like, oh, you need to go to the gym so that you're physically fit. Or like, maybe you just want to look better naked. Like, sure. You get those. Those are a byproduct of it. But I think the bigger benefit is the fact that now I won't dive into all the nerdy research, but it like it decreases depression, anxiety. It helps regulate your emotional state and your nervous system, which we've already talked about how beneficial that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's anyone who like does struggle to sit and do meditation. Like if you are able to do CrossFit or a Pilates class or whatever it is that you like to do, and you aren't thinking about other things, that is a form of meditation. So like all the benefits of meditation, now you're getting with whatever you're doing for your workout. Um, I will state that I do think that it can flip into the harmful state. So like the high achiever person that feels really guilty for taking a rest day, we maybe need to get really curious about that because we can flip it to where we're actually pushing our nervous system too hard. So it can go both ways, like just about anything in life. But I do think Help. I mean, think about how much better you feel if you've been sitting at the computer all day and you just go walk outside for even five minutes. Like there is, again, I'm not going to get into like the super science-y like side of it, but it is actually physiological helpful to just get up and move and get blood flow. Um, I'll flip it to, to a more like, say if, if I have someone that's dealing with back pain, it typically, like if you are sitting for a long period of time or you're in one position for any length of time, imagine, so people who are on video will be able to see this. If I take my pinky finger and I bend it back to the backside of my wrist, it doesn't bother me right now. How do you think it's going to feel in a couple minutes? I may or may not be able to feel my hand. If I hung out like this for like, let's say eight hours while I was sleeping in one position or a four hour sitting at my desk, I might not feel my entire arm. The reason for that is if we have an inflammatory chemical or anything sitting in our body, our brain starts seeing an alarm. And then the longer it sits there and the brain's not seeing a change, it sends more and more of an alarm. Mm. And I feel like that's a really great explanation. Like, and, but then as soon as you start moving and getting even a little bit of blood flow and just move, like, again, moving the body, that flushes out. The alarm signal dampens. Your brain recognizes there's not actually a threat. And I think that's so applicable, not even just for like inflammatory chemicals due to an injury, but simply just how our brain is functioning, how we are, we're doing mentally. Like if we are static, hell, I'll flip that to not being happy in your job. It's really similar. It's our, like our system is going to start sending more and more alarm, alarm signals of like, Hey, this isn't aligned with us. Get moving. What are you doing? Again, movement is the answer there. We've got to move, take action, do something. 
I'm excited to share. I'm working on some new tools to have available for all my listeners, absolutely free. These are tools that I have used personally. If you haven't stopped by my website lately, I would definitely go over there, check it out as I have three free tools up there right now that have helped me elevate my health so that I can make more money. I've gotten some great feedback so far and I could not literally be happier that these are helping people like us change their lives. So I am always looking to create new tools to help all of us win bigger. So make sure you keep tuning in or drop by the site. Let's make sure to also be connected on Instagram or LinkedIn. Now let's get back to it and enjoy the show. And I, and I like that you just said, take action, right? It's, it's that alarming thing. And like that move, like, I love the way that you explain this because that movement, everyone thinks like, oh, okay, like, great. I'm going to go do the class at the gym for an hour. I have to go do this, but get up and go walk outside in the middle of your day. You know, mm-hmm. I know that like Brendan Bouchard talks about like every 45 minutes, he stands up stretches, right? It's mm-hmm. like that reset of movement. It's not necessarily like this big, long drawn out thing, but that movement will help. I love that you actually went sciency and I wish we started this conversation <laughs> earlier because I love the science um, into it is like re- releasing, right? Your brain is finally going, oh, oh, we're safe. Okay, good. Yep. Let's go move. You know what I mean? And to your point earlier, like our mind is there to protect ourselves. And so if we are not in a safe zone or place, like let's say you just got off on a really bad business call, maybe you lost a client or something happened. The best thing that you can do is get up, go for a walk, get outside, move the energy through you, move blood flow. Yep. And I'll circle back real quick because I do want to just like state at least that it doesn't necessarily have to be the gym class that your, your friend loves or that Google tells you, you have to go to like, I will, I am a strong advocate for strength training. I think everyone should have like, give me just like two days a week of like 15 to 30 minutes. It doesn't need to be anything crazy, but like, please strength train. I'll, we could do a whole nother podcast. I'm like, I was like, that's I kind of want to dive into that on another <laughs> one, but yes, um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Everyone should strength train. With that said, your main modality for movement should be whatever the hell you enjoy doing. Mm. I love that. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be what the world is telling you it has to be. It's like, what makes you feel good? No. Like at this point I do two days of strength a week, but then like I took a dance class last night. That was my only workout. Love it. (laughs) I love it. And I think one thing to just kind of help people is like, how do you feel after? Like I, Mm -hmm. I know for, for me, this is, I've shared this on another episode. I think I've shared it on my social is like all of a sudden for me this year, I, I only do 20 minutes of cardio. Like I can't do it. And I strength train twice a week already. So I'm aligned with you, but that cardio has made me become really creative. Like after I'm done on my cardio, all of a sudden my creativity, which I struggle in is skyrocketing. So I Mm -hmm. schedule my day so that I do the cardio and then whatever is creative, right? Whether it's podcasting or something for social or just creating content, Mm -hmm. I schedule that right after because that's where my brain is most open to the creativity. So when you start like Mm -hmm. recognizing that, like think about how much more like uh, powerful and how much more performance that you have when you're kind of leveraging even movement to like get Mm -hmm. more, get more. 
It does. I, again, I mean, we could do an entire other podcast on the sciencey stuff and how it stimulates, but yeah, there's, there's benefits for strength training. There's benefits for high intensity. There's benefits for gentle movement and it shouldn't be like one or the other. It should be. And, and, and I feel like that's maybe going to be the title of this podcast. And, um, <laughs> no, I love this because it, it's, it's, I feel like so much of my life has always been like either or right. It's, it's mm-hmm. either or, or, but, and so much like drilled in from childhood. I know everyone listening in can, can like relate to this is like childhood or growing up in certain like professional environments where it was either, or, and it's like, let's create the, and let's create yep. the, and so as we close up here, I have absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I know everyone listening in will as well, but I want to ask you like looking back, cause you've had a really unique history and I think we all do but you were sharing yours today with us. What have been kind of the three biggest lessons professionally, personally, that you wish you knew sooner? I feel like one of the biggest ones, and it's so hard too, because I know that like, if anything had changed, I might not be where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. So it's very much like I have zero regrets, but if I were to go back and tell like mid twenties, me anything, it would be, if it doesn't feel right, it's a no. And if it's a no for me, it's supposed to be a no for everybody. Mm. Meaning like rather than saying yes, just because I think someone else has an expectation or an assumption, if it's internally a no, then I need to actually respect that no. I love that. Um, That's easily the biggest one. Um, The other one would be to create the space. Because I definitely, I was that high achieving, go, 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 feel guilty for taking a rest day, like getting all the things done and seeing it as like a mark of value. So allowing some rest and seeing that rest truly is productive because it allows for better creativity and insight. Mm. Like that, those would be my two. I absolutely love that. And, and that's the thing, you know, I feel like it's, it's not a regret thing, but it's like, man, I wish I knew this sooner. Let mm-hmm. me share it with somebody else because maybe they're going to hear it at, at a time where they need it most instead of learning the hard way five years yep. down the road. So I really appreciate yeah. you sharing those and, and so powerful. Yeah. And I'll actually, so the perfect day exercise, cause I'll quickly talk about that. Cause as soon as I thought about it, that would be my third one is yeah. doing that exercise earlier and doing it repeatedly to make sure I was on track. So the perfect day exercise, it's one of my favorite ones that's in my journal. By the way, the journal is literally every exercise and tool that I used to become more myself and drop the expectations of others. Because I very much, like my life was built around expectations of others until like 28. So the perfect day exercise, you really write down exactly, like very detailed, like what you want your perfect day to look like. And if you're thinking like, oh, do you mean workday versus weekend? It shouldn't matter. Like, what does your perfect day look like? What are you doing? Who are you with? Where are you? What are your surroundings? Are you smelling anything? Is there anything you're tasting? Like literally bring the five senses into it as well. Um, and have that like laid out and revise it as much as you need to before it feels really good and really aligned. And then start looking for where are the possibilities to make that my reality. I love that. and. Will you, we'll make sure we get a link to that journal that if anybody wants mm-hmm. to purchase it, we'll absolutely have that, um, LinkedIn. 
make sure that we have all the links to follow you on all of your social. Plus you have a free download for your top five boundaries for females. We're going to link that in here as like a free gift to everyone listening in. We want to make sure that that is linked. So Bottom line, scroll down to the bottom. When you're listening to this, you'll see all the links. But I just want to really like acknowledge like your authenticity and like sharing it. I think that can be such a hard thing, but like podcasting is just, it's been something that I've used in kind of a previous life that I'm now bringing into this life. And I just love the ability to share stories so that we can like learn from others, learn faster and all succeed better. Like we are like, worth the time and worth the the experience. So I really appreciate you sharing everything today, Megan. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so great being on here. It was so great to get to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, everyone tune in. You know that I'm dropping episodes twice a week. And one thing is if you heard this episode, however you found it, maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's an email newsletter, however, please pay it forward, share it with somebody else, maybe leave that review so that you can inspire someone else and possibly change their life. Thanks so much. And we will see you soon. 